All right, guys, we are at the tail end of uh, this series in Ecclesiastes. Uh, today is chapter 11. Next week is the very last one. Don't miss the conclusion as we wrap it all up of what it means, means to chase the wind, of what it means to be broken people in a broken world, uh, of what it means to find our meaning in God only instead of uh, in, in the world and in hedonism and in pleasure or existentialism, trying to find our meaning anywhere else outside of God. So make sure you don't miss it. Um, you know, I, I was talking with, with Eric um, uh, Morgan, uh, one of the other pastors, uh, earlier this week, and I said, bro, I, said, Did you, I was looking at the calendar. Do you realize we've been in the Old Testament for two years for two years. I mean, we're such, a, we're such a gospel-based New Testament church, and God has led us. We were in Genesis for a long time, and then God led us to move into Ecclesiastes. Two years in it, and it's been, it's been great, uh, but I have, a, I have a great hunger um, for what God has next. Uh, we're going to be moving into, uh, into a gospel, uh, into a biography of Jesus uh, when we finish up. It'll be in February. Um, there will be a few weeks in there in which we're going we're gonna to just say, here's what God's doing, here's how he's shaking things, what his vision is, and what he's saying, here are next steps in being a, a church that loves God but loves the lost, that, that loves the mission that he has. And uh, what he's saying, like, okay, here's where you are almost five years down the road. Uh, now here's what you need to be pressing into next. Uh, we'll be doing that and just kind of sharing what God's been stirring uh, in hearts among us. But... Uh, um, this, uh, don't, miss, uh, don't miss next week as well as we, as we finish up uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, here's, uh, here's the chapter in its entirety. Let's read it. And this is, this is the most pure thing you're going to get all this morning because this is the word of God, just straight from the voice of Jesus. Think about it. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you'll find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. If a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed, and at evening, withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, whether both alike will be good. Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So, if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all, but let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart and put away the pain Put away pain from your body for youth and the dawn of life or vanity. All right? Uh, that's the word of God, and we're grateful for that. Uh, the rest of this time, and really this, uh, just so you know kind of the flavor of who Sojourn is, uh, if, you're, if you're a guest or if you're kind of new, is we just, we just kind of walk through Scripture. We just kind of, we, we say Jesus preach to us and, and teach us. Uh, and uh, uh, we just simply want to say, we want the, the vox day, as the as Latin says. We want the voice of God to, to speak to us and to speak speak through us. And so let's let's press on in and just enjoy being under the word of God today. All right, starting in, in uh, verse one, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. There's uh, sections in here. There's going to be so very practical. 
and pragmatic as you look at, at life. Um, I remember hearing this phrase as a kid, cast your bread upon the waters, and I, I couldn't quite understand it. I mean, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I grew up in Huntsville, and I went to the duck pond, and, and you cast your bread out in the water, but it doesn't come back because the ducks eat it, right? And so I, that, that didn't quite work in my head, and so but I also grew up occasionally going to the beach and, and, uh, um, and body surfing the, the waves, and, uh, but if you threw anything out there, the waves just, just qu- it quickly, quickly brought it back in, so I'm like, well, okay, all right, is that it? But it uh, immediately comes crashing on you. So I didn't, I didn't quite, quite get it. Um, I, most likely, and what a lot of uh, commentators have said, uh, that this, is, uh, this refers to, to the navies, um, the, the maritime uh, businesses that are out there, that, that if you sent your business out to, to be sold, if you exported it, or if you sent your money out to purchase goods to come back, it took a while for it to come back to you. It took a long time back in those days. Um, so we need to know, we need to let go of, of some, of our, some of our trappings of, of instantaneous results, instant gratification. Uh, I mean, I, I love the day we live. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, 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 a quick adopter of things, you know. I mean, I love, I love technology. I, I, love, I love my iPhone. I, I like it's, that I was given an iPad, and I'm, I, I, I dig it. Uh, you don't have to have this kind of stuff, but it, it's, it's great. But one of the things that it, a lot of the technology has done is there's expectation. If you send something out, uh, if, you, if you send an email out or a text out or somebody does that to you, you expect that as quick as you send it out that you should be getting a response. And I'm telling you, probably some of y'all in this room, you need to go ask forgiveness for somebody in the room because you've been so impatient with them. And we need to give people the leeway to say, you know what, it's okay if it takes, takes a little while. Because uh, there's some people that are high techies and they're quick about it and others that they're Luddites and they, they just, it, it may take a week or they may even have email. And so we need to be people of grace uh, even like that. But um, we need to know that in real life that as we invest ourselves, as we invest money, anything we put time into, it takes time for it to come to come back to us. Now, this, this includes um, investing even in, in people, um, uh, that we, we need, to, we need to, to give. We need to be generous. We need to be compassionate. Being a church or being a, a, a small group, uh, a journey group uh, in, in our church means that we need to have our eyes and ears open for our opportunities that God gives to us to be able to serve one another, to help one another. Sometimes that means it's finances. Uh, sometimes it's, okay, you don't have, a, uh, you don't have a, a clopper, you know, in the springtime, and I've got one, and, and I'll loan it out to you. It's, it's just that we, we, we allow ourselves to know one another enough to know where there's gaps. You, you hear me? Here, here's the thing is, is that as much as it's a call for you to be a giver and invest into other people, it means that there needs to be reciprocation. That means you need to be a person that you humble yourself enough that you let people know about the gaps in your life. It means that you trust God enough that when you admit you have gaps, that you're not a failure. I don't know quite how I, I got this, but growing up, just one of the 
one of the misconceptions that I had in becoming a man was that when you become a man, you get to a place where you have everything that you need. You never ask anybody for anything else. You get all the tools. You know, you do all the work in your house. You do all the work on your car. Never, I couldn't do it all, but, but at least you want to have all the tools to where, to where you can. And at the same time, then it's like, and you can loan them out. You can do these things, but you don't ever ask for help. This is just something that, that I ended up wrestling with early as, as a man. And uh, I, I just thought, if I, hey, if I can't, if I can't um, change a transmission in my car, I'm a failure as a man, you know? If I can't, if I can't uh, rewire, rewire or, uh, a house or build a, build a wall, tear out a wall and build out a wall uh, like my dad can, you know, then I'm a failure as a man. Uh, and that's just absolutely not true. And, and I, I would challenge you, each, each one of you men, women, even students, that you would think through and say, what is something in my life that I've said, okay, because I can't do this thing, I'm a failure. And that you would take that and just say, God, you're giving me an opportunity to ask somebody to assist me. It could be you ask somebody to teach you. Or it could be that you just say, God, God show me somebody that can that can help me with this. It takes a humility to be on that side of it as well. And being, actually offering yourself as needy is just an investment in the other person as, that, as providing for that person. Did you hear that? It's just as much of an investment in friendship and in relationships. Because guess what? The people that are in your life need to be needed. I'm not talking about codependency and uh, the, the horrors that come with that. But I'm, I need, I need for Danielle, you know, to, to need me. I don't need her to be independent and be able to live life completely on, on her own. I, I need her to be able to say, hey, hey, hey babe, uh, I, I'm not going to have time. I'm not going to have time to uh, pick up things for, for the, the get-together tonight. Can you pick up the bread and, and, and the, the butter or whatever it is? Can you go do that? It's like, all right, that's good. We're, we're, we're together. And so we invest in one another. It's important that you need one another. Um, it's important that casting your bread upon the waters, the way that you invest, it, you know this, this has a lot to do with if you're building a business. Um, even with us, as we've been building a church, you students, in, in, in education of, of, uh, of, of investing into it. Uh, I know there's some business owners uh, that are in here, uh, that are in this church, and, and you know what it's like in the beginning days or even in the middle days. Of that, I mean, there's, it's different in the beginning of the things you have to do to get things started, but there's just as much to do right in the middle, in the middle of owning a business uh, to maintain and to make sure that the bread is continuing to be cast out so that things are, are doing well. But let's, let's talk about when you have to begin things. Um, it's an a old, old uh, phrase just talking about priming the pump. Um, I don't think there's anybody in here that, that grew up in a setting uh, that they didn't have running water uh, growing up, but, but there might be. And, and I mean, just, we're just a generation or two away from people that that's, that was the norm is they didn't have running water. Uh, most of them had, had pumps that were attached to a well, uh, and they would go out. And so if this well is 50 feet or 100 feet, you've got a tube that went all the way down there, and you had this pump. And you had to take that, take that bucket and you had to pump and pump and pump and pump and pump and pump and pump. And again, instant gratification 
For us, we just go flip, you know, uh, pour the water in, drink it, say, oh, that's not, that doesn't taste good enough. Give me some Dasani. Or, you know, we, we, we give me a Coke instead. We don't, we don't even like it, even though you've got instant gratification. But the thing about life is that if, if you're in the middle of, of pumping and priming the pump and you quit too soon, you will never get the water. You're doing the work. You're doing the work that's going to bring nourishment and refreshment and provide for your needs. But if you quit too soon, you will not find it. You'll not have it. Now, some of y'all, in, in, in your, your pursuing education, um, pursuing a relationship, building a, building a, uh, a, a new career, building a business, um, uh, building even within, even within a, a small group, even within a church, it takes a lot of work to prime the pup, even in relationships, to, to get there. And, and honestly, your arm is going to get very tired. You get, you get worn out in the efforts that it takes to prime the pump. But you have to continue. You have to continue to, to cast your bread. You have to continue, as, as we'll talk about in a minute, to, 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 plant, to plant the seeds. Galatians 6.9 says, Do not grow weary while doing good. While in, for in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart. Now let's go to verse 2. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you do not know what disaster may happen on earth. Now this talks specifically about how we invest our energy or how we invest our, our finances. And it, it's interesting. Um, it says, send it out to seven or even or even eight. Uh, now, in the marketplace, where where most of you are, um, I mean, you you know this. I mean, if you if you have any kind of financial investments, if you've listened to financial counselors, they will say, "Don't put everything in one spot." Even some of y'all that are working for companies, and they they offer you uh, a lot of stock options. Uh, sometimes that will be a person's entire investment is in that stock in that one in that one company all right you may do really really well or if the company goes bust you're dead in the water it's just a huge risk to place your your time or your energy your finances in just one into one place um, I mean one of the things you need to do financially uh, if I mean because I know there's some that, man, you're right in the middle of this and you're tracking with me about diversifying and you got them in the different mutual funds. And there's others that's like, you know what, dude, I just want to pay off my debt. <laughs> I mean, I just got, I've got student loans and, and uh, I mean, I don't, have, I don't have two dimes to, run to, to rub together to go towards a, a 401k at, at this point. And, and so I'd say when it comes to diversifying, one of the best things to do is to decrease the diversification of debt that's coming into your life. To get rid of that first, uh, and but then pass that. Uh, just real practically, if you're if you're going to invest, uh, what what they say is you want to have some you want to have some that's placed in high high risk but diverse areas. You know, you need to have some that's invested in low risk places. Um, you need to have some uh, that's in stocks. Uh, you need to have some of your money that's in cash uh, and and liquid. You need to have some that's in land uh, or in other, other areas or ventures that's not liquid that you can't get, get at too quickly because, uh, because something is going to crash around you. Something is. And uh, it's just a big risk if everything 
is in one spot. Um, uh, some of y'all, you're, you're in sales. Or, um, I mean, whether it, you're the salesman or you just know, all right, within the business you are, the team that you're on, you have one huge customer and a few small ones. That's a dangerous place to be. Um, if you're there, you're probably there because that's just, that's just where you are and you can't do anything else about it. But it's a risky place. And we've seen even in our city here among uh, engineering and, and subcontractors that it's, man, when, it's, when everything's good, it's golden. But when the economy crashes and things happen, then all of a sudden if you have just one contractor and then you're out, you have no more contract and, and you see companies that close down as, as a result as a result of that. And so uh, here, here's the thing. The main thing is not, not to say, well, this, is, this guy's right or wrong as a result, but to be able to have good open eyes to say, this is risky. It's risky just to have one, one whale because one whale can make you, but it can also can sink you. Um, uh, even, uh, even in churches, uh, I'm grateful that it's not the case, case here, but there's a lot of small churches that have been around for a long time, and they're basically run by one extended family. They control everything. Some of y'all have been there. You've been in churches like this, and something drastically needs to change when, when that's the case. Uh, because it just becomes incestuous. Uh, and, uh, and then you just have power mongers that, that control everything rather than God himself controlling things. Now what I want to do, I want to I skip to verse 5 and 6, then we're going we're to come back because uh, there's a flow that goes with this. Verse 5, As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. Um, so, so here's the thing. As we continue to, to work, as we invest in, in people, and as we invest in our energies, as we invest finances, you never know what seed or what investment is going to bear fruit. You don't know where you're going to win. You don't know where you're going to lose. Even in relationships, even in relationships, things change. People die. Um, uh, people move. Friends change, uh, or friendships change due to seasons of life. You know, if you're single and, and you got all these single friends and they start getting married off and, and then some of them start having kids and it just drastically changes things. And so friendships, friendships change. And as a result, many times, because of those changes, we withdraw. So I'm not going to invest. I'm not going to dig into people's, people's lives and relationships because I don't like the change. I don't like when, when, I, when we, we lose. And we have to fight that when you say, Lord, give us the courage to press into one another's lives and trust you, trust you with the rest. Um, I think uh, we need to trust God. Trust God with what you have. Trust God with what you will lose and trust Him with what you will get because all those things are in, they're in a state of flux. The things you already have, the things you're going to lose, and the things that you're going to get, including relationships. And just say, God, you're sovereign over all. I don't know what's going to happen this year. I don't know what's going to happen in five years. I don't know what's going to happen in ten years. I trust you. I press forward with goals and objectives and vision and agendas as you set them forth. But in the middle of all of that, things crash and you don't expect it. Sometimes you see it. Sometimes you don't. Secondly, though, you need to thank God and give Him glory for achievements. Did you work hard? Well, you better have. Um... Does your team deserve credit? 
uh, the ones that are with you, when, when you win, when you do well, absolutely, absolutely, and you better give them credit for it. But ultimately, God is the one that provides for us. God is the one that protects us, that the new customer that came, or the ten new customers that came, give God the glory for it, thank Him for it, the deal that went through, the contract that was signed, the the job that finally came through, or just even the opportunity to sit across from somebody and to be interviewed. There's opportunities, and God gets glory for it. God loves His creation, and He loves His children. He's involved intimately in the protection and provision that we swim in daily. And I say this because because I, I, I still will run into to Christians who just think of God as, as this kind of angry old man that, that's just very far away and, and his job is, oh, things are going a little too, too good for you and throws a stumbling block in your way. So, well, there, there you go. Let's make it a little more difficult. Rather than seeing God as being so close and so intimate, he's involved in everything that we do, even in our brokenness. This... Uh, Connects to verse 6. In the morning sow your seed, at the evening withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. And this is just one where God just says, be persistent and be consistent. Wherever God has placed you, dig in. Dig in. And let it be that every day, we, if, if you know this, if you know that your position in life the, the place, the status God has you in, uh, as a student, uh, as a, a stay-at-home mom, uh, as, a, in, as a professional in the marketplace, to be able to say, I am a minister. You Christians, just say that after me. Say, I am a, I am a minister. It doesn't matter what it is that you do. It doesn't matter who signs your paycheck. If you're a Christian, you're a minister of the gospel, and that is your ministry. So dig in. Dig in deep. Build what God has given you. Press forward in what, what God is, has given you. I, I, I remember hearing 20 years ago from this multimillionaire businessman who started with nothing and ended up with t- many, many businesses. And I, I, remember, I remember him saying, because uh, people were like, what's the secret? What's the secret? What's the secret to yourself? And he just said, just a little bit every day. Just press forward. I mean, it's, it's like a good football game. And we know Alabama, the state of Alabama loves football because we don't have any other professional sports. And so football is king, and, I, and I'm in there. I love it. Uh, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Bama fan, but I love the SEC. I love what, God, what God's brought in our, our state. Uh, but uh, it, just like on a ball field, it's just, you know what, you, you, you don't, it's not all about the Hail Marys if you're just, I mean, if you're, if you're going for it every time, you're going to get interceptions. But, man, if you just press the ball forward just a little bit every time, and you're going to get your first downs, you're going to press forward, you're going to, you're going to make a touchdown. It's, it's that. It's that we just go forward just a little bit every day. Don't coast. Certainly don't, don't quit. Don't quit. Success and failure in the role. Therefore, the ministry God has you in is going to be connected to what you do or what you don't do every day. Ask, ask yourself, what, what are the most important things that are in your life? The most important people and the most important things and responsibilities that God has placed 
in your life, what are they? And what, what could you do on a consistent basis to maintain them and to improve them? Okay? Maintenance is important. Um, I mean, we need, we need to be people that we reject the whole phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? You don't do that with your car. You know, if, you, if you're, it's like, well, if it ain't broke, I'm not putting any gas in it. <laughs> if it ain't broke, I'm not putting any, any oil or going to change the oil. It's like, well, once it breaks, it's going to be gone. And that's the way people treat marriages and friendships. It's like, well, you know what, hey. I mean, have you ever heard the, the, the old men who, who will say, well, I, I told her I loved her when I married her 30 years ago. If, uh, well, I guess I should say 50 years ago. And if something changes, I'll let her know. That just doesn't work. That dude may make it to his grave with a ring on his finger, but he's not going to be, he's not going to have a strong, healthy relationship. You've got to invest daily, daily. What are the most important things that are in, in your life? Students, maybe it's, maybe I'm practically speaking, maybe it's that you say, all right, I'm going to read an extra 20 minutes Sunday through Thursday. So that's five days a week. You know, that's past my homework. I'm going to go further. Because if you just do what's required of you, you'll just get by. But if you do, it doesn't take much to, to just have a quantum leap in being a student or really in anything that you do. Um, as, a, as a mom or as a dad, how could, you, how could you every day strategically connect with your child? And it may not be the same thing every day, but maybe it's that, all right, I mean, you get strategic about it. I mean, say this word, intentionality. I mean, in everything that we do, where we have callings in our life, let's be intentional, let's be strategic and say, God, how can, how can I not coast? Because if you coast, entropy comes, comes in and things start breaking down. But to press in, I mean, maybe it's that, all right, today I'm going to take a walk with this son or this daughter. Today I'm going to, I'm going to ask them an, an open-ended question. Today I'm going to write them a handwritten note or I'm going to, I'm going to, Ask them what their favorite song is, and we're going to look it up and listen to it together and talk about it. Or going to ask, ask them how I can pray for them. Listen to what they say and then pray with them. Just something every day, pushing, pushing it forward. Husband and wife, very similar to that. Again, denouncing that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, what about praying together? What about taking a walk? What about... Occasionally, surprising uh, you guys are husbands, surprising your wife with, with flowers. You know, um, I remember being dirt poor in our first few years of marriage. Twenty years now, our first two or three years, living off of uh, ninety bucks every two weeks was what my salary was, and uh, um, I didn't do it enough. But occasionally, I'd, I'd buy I'd buy some flowers. And I'm like, oh, you know, back then it was like five bucks for flowers. I'm like, this is a lot of money. This is not in the budget. Get it in the budget. Get in the budget of your time as well as in your, uh, your pocketbook. Do something every day. Sales. I mean, again, if you're, if you're in sales, you're, every day you're making sales calls anyway. You better, I mean, you're not going to be in sales long if you're not every day you know, shaking the bushes, all right? You won't be there for very long anyway. But what about your customers? Last week um, uh, in our, our C12 group that, 
that uh, Matt and several of us were in, we, were, we, talked about, we talked about customers that you already have. We talked about how it's, it takes five to six the time five to six times the amount of money and energy to get a new customer than to maintain one that you already have. It takes a ton more to get somebody new to buy into whatever your service or your product is than to maintain the, pers- the, the, the relationship you already have. Is a customer always right? Heck no, they're not. But to be able to work with the people that God's already placed around, and, and you know that. And sometimes we're like that even in our relationships where it's like, you know, I'm just tired and we just kind of divorce a friend. You know, we just kind of like, I'm, we're done. We just kind of walk away. But you know what? Then the, 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 you know how hard it is then when you start over. I mean, some of y'all, you're new, you're new to this church and, and uh, it's, it's exhilarating to be able to meet new people, but it takes a lot of energy, doesn't it? It takes a lot of time, and, and it'll, it'll be two years down the road and, and, and three years and, and five years when you just see this, this depth that builds, you know, in, in those, those relationships. But we've got to do it. Uh, the, the key, of course, in, in just in seed planting, if you plant a lot of seeds, you'll end up with a lot of fruit. If you plant a lot of seeds, you'll end up with a lot of fruit. If you don't plant seeds and don't continually plant seeds... You're going to have parts of your life that are barren. My yard is an example of this. <laughs> I mean, every year I'm like, God, please help me. And, and I'm like, okay, fall, I've got to get the fescue out then because it doesn't do as well in the springtime. And like year after year, I forget, you know. So then it's too late for the fescue, so I throw out the rye, and the rye gets up really fast and looks great until summertime, and the whole thing just collapses and dies, and then it's all barren again. And I'm like, God, please just help me to, help me to I, I think what I've decided is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some of the seed, I'm going to put it in a bucket, and I'm going to keep it by the door to where just every once in a while I'm going to see the bag or I'm going to see the bucket, and I'm just going to grab a handful of it, and I'm going to walk out in the yard and just throw some. Because I think if I do that for a couple of years, we're going to have a much better yard than me trying to figure out just doing it all at once. All right, I told you, I'm just here to give you hope. Um, verse, let's go back, go back to verse 3. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. What, what in the world is this saying? Basically, as we're talking, this whole, this whole book by the professor, by Solomon, you know, is, is about broken people in a broken world and trying to find meaning in places and just knowing that, man, there's a bunch of crap that happens in the middle of this world. There is it, tough times that comes, and, and the, the clouds full of rain, sometimes you see the storm coming. And the tree that falls, sometimes you don't see it coming. So sometimes it's, I mean, you're, you're going to have the sight. You're up in the crow's nest, and, and you're, you're leaving well, and you can see it's like, all right, here it comes. Let everybody brace yourselves. You know, get rid- famine's coming. We've got to get ready. Then, then sometimes, wham, you know, the tree falls, takes you out, and you weren't prepared at all. That's life. That's life. Regardless, it's a gift for you today to know that you are not in control. Stop trying to be in control, because you're not, and you never will be. It's a gift to know that you're not, but God is. So 
We live in this world with severe brokenness and severe consequences for our sins, but there's a God who's jumped into our world to rescue us. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. That's, I mean, this whole world is broken because of the sins of Adam and Eve and continues in brokenness because of you and me. But, but, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So no matter what, whether you see it coming or you don't, trust God. Psalm 9.10 speaks to this. Those who know your name put their trust in you for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Do you realize God himself, he has a name, and he shared it with us? I mean, Yahweh is, the, is actually the, the way that it's always been said. That's actually not it. We don't really know exactly, exactly, what, exactly how it would have been, been said. The, the, the point is that God has said, I love you, and I'm getting intimate with you. I'm right close to you, and I'm letting you into my life. I know you, and I'm going to allow you to know me. That's how great this God is. He didn't leave us alone in this broken world. Psalm 56.3 is one that, uh, that the kids have, uh, have memorized. Great one for you to memorize. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. Let, let's, in fact, let's just memorize that right now. Repeat after me. When I'm afraid, I'll put my trust in you. Now it's now, now repeated as a prayer to God. When I'm afraid, I'll put my trust in you. All right, let's move to, back to verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. So, what happens? We see this brokenness that's in the world. We have difficulty. Uh, and as a result, sometimes we get paralyzed by, the, by the, the storm or by the thing that happens all at once, the tough issues of our life. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to expect them, expect that the world's going to be broken until Jesus comes back, and meet them with courage because God is with you. We talked last week, Joshua 1.9. Be strong and very courageous. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you will go. Courage. Take courage. God is with you in the middle of this, this brokenness. But also we, we must know, I mean, there's some that sometimes it will lead to laziness. To where we decide not to sow. Decide not to cast, be compassionate, cast our, our bread on the water. Sometimes it's because of an immaturity that just lives in distraction. It takes us away from what we're supposed to do. And sometimes it's so bad that it's a refusal to work. A refusal to, to be productive and to, to be good. Second um, Thessalonians 3.10 speaks to this. New Testament saying, what do you do with somebody that they're past laziness, they're past the immaturity that comes from distraction to where they say, I'm not going to work, I'm not going to take care of myself. It says, for even when we were with you, we would give you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. You don't love somebody by enabling them to be destructive or to be, to be lazy or to refuse to participate in, in the community that they're in. Verse 7, skipping, skipping over here. It says there's a flow going on here. Light is sweet and it's pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. Um, man, it's just a picture that's being drawn here is uh, well, light is sweet. If you've ever been to London, probably you were there on a dreary day. If you've ever been to Seattle, it's gorgeous, tons of greenery, but it was probably, probably dreary, probably rainy uh, while you were there. Um, suicide rate in Alaska is very high 
because they have so many months of darkness. Now take this to the level of, of soul darkness. We, we live in a place where we're unhealthy when we, when we keep things in the dark. And, and 1 John 1, nine talks about it. I mean, we're supposed to bring our sins into the light before the Lord, but we're also to bring them for, to, to one another. We need to confess and repent our sins to one another, be open with one another as well, and confess and repent our sins. Let me uh, read through this last little section as we come to a close. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all, but let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. They will be. All that comes from vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart. Put away pain from your body. For youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Now listen, guys. We need to remember darkness, the days of darkness will be many. Remember, expect tough times in this broken world we're in. We are not in heaven yet. This is a mission field that we're in. This is a battlefield for the souls of your family, for your friends, for your neighbors, for your enemies. Don't expect heaven. In fact, expect a lot of hell. Expect a lot of hell while you're still on this earth. Because if you're a Christian, somebody said, I don't know who, this is all of hell that you're going to get. This is it. And I know it's so difficult and the brokenness, it hurts in our, in our lives. But guys, I'm telling you, this is all the hell that you're going to get. For others, they're, they're living in this battlefield, in this mission field. And I want to bring this all back around to this whole thing of casting your bread upon the waters and coming back to you and, and, and planting seeds. Because honestly, the most important seeds that we can plant is the seed of the great news of Jesus. Good, great news. I mean, we're, the people you're standing next, sometimes we've got these fake smiles on. How you doing? Fine, I'm fine, you're fine. Yeah, we're all fine. No, you're not. We're not. We're not fine without Jesus. There's no hope in trying to find our meaning anywhere else. And so what we've got to do is we've got to say, God, we're taking the news out. Taking it to the streets. We're, we're going to tell everybody the great news that yes, you're broken, and yes, the world is broken, but God loved you so much that He's already come. He took the pain for you. He took the wrath for your sin. All it takes now is faith, believing in Jesus Christ. So I present that to you guys today. That Let me just ask you a couple questions, and then we're going we're gonna to respond to the Lord by, by taking communion just a little bit. And by the way, if you're, if you're a Christian in here, even not a part of Sojourn Church, it's open communion. Just come and celebrate Christ with us. If you're not a Christian in here, don't take it because in it you're saying, I believe Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, he died for my sins and I've surrendered to him. So that's not your, not your, that's not your celebration yet. Um, surrender to Christ this morning, come take communion. That'd be awesome. Some last thoughts just to think through. Practically, Practically, where do you need to diversify your investments of money or energy? Where do you need to diversify? Second, where do you need to plant seeds daily in your life as a student or as a husband, as a mom, maybe as a team leader? Plant daily seeds. Thirdly, where do you need to be more compassionate to those that are around you, casting your bread into their lives? Fourth, where do you need to humble yourself and reveal your need 
for others and ask others to assist you. Fifth, unbelievers, are you ready to place your faith in Christ today? Don't wait. Find me. Find another leader. Let's, I mean, let's, let's get it done. Believers, who do you clearly need to tell the gospel to? God, help us as we wrestle with these things and the application you want to bring to our lives of where to go, who to go.